All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...news after Amtrak, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. You might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, episode 248. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. Bag Milk's here, Chalmers. Wanye. Jay Downton, whose Zoom screen right now just says Jay Downton's iPhone. Why not I'm, mix it up? Uh, I'm multitasking. I'm sending, uh, I've got this app on my phone called TurboScan. I got to get some important documents out. I have scanned them now. This is the world I live in. I can podcast and scan some shit when I need to. Whatever. All right. That was number one on my list of stuff to get to. Make sure Jay scans important documents. Uh, on mm-hmm. to number two, this podcast is brought to you by Oodle Noodle. 14 locations in Edmonton, and not only are they good for your hunger, they are good for the community. They've already raised over $100,000 for local charities, and they aren't stopping there. 10% of all in-store proceeds go towards the local charities. Oodle Noodle, check them out. All right. Very aggressive. I, I'm, uh, you scared me there a bit. That was really aggressive. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, I'm going to get to Wanya first here. What's it been like running the Oilers Nation Twitter recently? Yeah, it's been amazing. It's being five times as popular as you are in real life, but you're not allowed to say half the shit you're thinking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fair. I got like Jay on my one shoulder being like, don't you say anything risque like you do sometimes in the podcast when mm-hmm. you get that fucking look in your eye. And I'm like, okay. And then I got Bagmo being like, oh, really? You want to you wanna run that? Hey, okay. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of people paying attention, not like your account, which is mostly bots you paid for in 2014. I'm like, all right, but it is great. There's like people I blocked a thousand years ago lipping me off. There's all sorts of people who think I think we're the Oilers bag milk sometimes. People are yelling at us as though we can fix problems and shit. It is great. Do you get bag milk? Do you get a lot of tweets like that? People thinking you're the Oilers being like, hey, do this. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, Twitter's not the worst one of the, the of the platforms though. By far, hands down, Facebook people think this is the Oilers. Like all in the playing round when all that 50-50 stuff was going on, <laughs> I probably I I had to set an auto script for anybody that replied where's my 50 50 tickets to just be like this is the, this is a fan account this is not the others this is a fan account this is not the others this is a fan account this is not the others. I, I would like it to be uh firmly known that we have no affiliation with the edmonton oilers mm-hmm. the nhl or anything like that and damn proud i can't even do crossovers if you have to know the truth <laughs> you know uh, what further right. removed could you be from being an official thing uh, yeah, i'm not wearing pants right now oh nice it's also fair I'm wearing a Buffalo Bills jersey. Go Bills! As so you if you should. want to watch above the counter at Bag Milk's residence on the podcast, that's free. If you want below the counter, that's his OnlyFans. Yeah, he exactly. just run. You just run a different camera at the same time while yeah. you're doing the pod. Yeah. yeah, there's a camera underneath that's the weird. table right now. All right, um, we're going to do a listener profile. Uh, also coming up in about 20 minutes time, Hunter Ryan Singh. You'll recognize him as the play-by-play voice of two of the first three Oilers games. New national guy for uh, Sportsnet. Hockey Night in Canada, of course, he of Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi edition. He's going to join us in a second, but first, we didn't do a listener profile last Thursday, so we're going to get to one today on the pod, and we go to our Twitter DMs. Paul, at P-L-A-D-E-L-L. I think that's Paul Ladle is how you would say that. Uh, he is, I mean, has a very impressive job. That's usually the first, that's the first question in the listener survey. He supervises the dental lab at the U of A. Oh, well done. So he's a genius. Yeah. Um, he's also a great guy. He's a uh, on-call firefighter for the town of Stony Plain. Oh, good man. He's also great a local man. hero. Yes, he is a local hero. Uh, number two, interesting fun fact about him. He's been lucky enough to, Jay, he one-ups you. He has three holes in one. Oh, wow. How dare he come onto this show that I'm part of and flex on me. Par threes and don't count. Mini golf don't count. Par threes. Up. What? Why wouldn't par threes count? Par three golf courses yeah. don't count. Uh, oh, both my, yeah. Both yeah, of yeah. my hole-in-ones are on par fives. <laughs> no, 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 no. Par three golf courses. Par three golf. Like, if you... What was that? Oh, sorry. I'm that needs to be a noise on the board when something's funny. Oh, uh, I just... No, for like me if you to, go to from, Kinsman and knocking one from 60 yards, I don't want to see a plaque on your wall. I know, but just for me, like, initially, I thought you just meant, like, par three holes, and I don't know why I would have thought that. I've okay. never played a par three golf. I never played a par three golf course. Are the holes not a hundred yards and over? There are. I can't answer you because out of everyone I know, it's so shocking you don't have a hole in one that I don't even want to discuss the topic with you. It's so well, bizarre you don't have just, a hole in one. And and this is why I'm kind of getting to this. If I was to go play a par three golf course and the holes were like a hundred to a hundred and sixty yards, if I got one. You better believe I'm saying I got one. Yeah, but you're well, getting 18 attempts instead of just the usual three. Yeah. So if you were to go play a yeah. par three golf course every day for the year, like you would eventually drain a bunch. When you break well, through, Chalmers, it's going to be one. like Chicago teams winning all, or Boston teams winning all of a sudden. You're going to be like <laughs> 63 years old and be like, well, now I got fucking five. It took me forever to get one. Then you'll be mad. Now you have a lot. You wait. That is my life goal, though, is to get one. Like I, But you're so I good. It's so bizarre. Every time a chump gets a hole in one, I always think of you and be like, how does Chalmers still not have a hole in one? Dude, I saw a thing about a guy on like just an Instagram post like two days ago of a guy that went on a golf trip and got one on day one and one on day two. That's what's going to happen to you. You wait, son. Just you wait. Well, and then there was another one where I showed a guy, old, big, fat guy walking up to a green, 
He's got white New Balances on with a golf shirt tucked into his khaki I can shorts. see him. I can he's see him. Holster on his belt with yes. a big fat cigar. And yeah. he's got his own full cart. And I was just like, and he's walking up. And they're like, of course, this guy gets one. That was the oh. caption. Of course, this guy gets one. Oh, man. Oh, uh, well, Paul yeah. has three. He's also been listening to the podcast right from the beginning. So he's sort of like a real life historian, what? I suppose. No uh, way. Uh, his favorite moment on the pod, he said there's a lot, but anytime uh, Jay and Chalmers go at it, he says it's gold. He actually uh, really enjoys when you guys talk business as well. And uh, the little thing that he looks forward to is bagged milk giggling constantly at Wanye jokes. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, his oodle noodle order. Yeah, what is it? His oodle noodle order. He <laughs> usually gets the uh, gluten-free jungle curry. I'm going to butcher this word. Camboji? Camboji. Oh, boji. Here, close. Camboji. That's um, a delicious, delicious off-grid selection, going gluten-free, but yes. Well, he says his son is celiac, so the ability to order gluten-free yeah. is great. So shout Perfect. out to oodle noodles gluten-free options. And uh, his uh, his answer to the uh, oh. most exotic place he's ever listened to the oh. pod is nothing oh, exciting. Was... Maybe on a plane to Vegas or San Diego. Um, I thought he was giving us a score. Talking yeah, about a celiac that. kid and then mm. a score right after. That's mm, cool. That's weird. Also, he had this one where he just chimed in on a uh, later episode of the pod. He's listening to the latest pod. This was back in December. And everyone's sharing their random Euler associations. You can add uh, an answer that Scott Ferguson was a high school buddy of his. Oh, well done. Oh. How's this? Paul Scott Ferguson was my high school girlfriend's cousin. You guys might know each other. Now I have a link to Paul. <laughs> yes, you, you guys Paul might know each other. Yeah. That is a uh, well, great listener. Hey, uh, another family discovery, just like when Chalmers found out his cousin was Whiskey Woman. Yeah. Cousin's cousin. So like, cousin's like well, definitely that's, that's your family. cousin. That's Definitely a cousin of some variety. Second cousin. Your friend's <laughs> yeah, friend, your frenemy. Yeah. So there's our listener profile brought to you by Oodle Noodle. Those are always a ton of fun. They give us good stuff to talk about. Shout out to Paul. He seems like a Shout great out, guy. Shout out, Paul. Thank you for listening since day one. That is truly, we appreciate Very accomplished that. fella. Yes. Yeah, you're a good man. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, let's talk a little Oilers. Anyone hitting the panic button? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I was... <laughs> So after game one, I was like, I, I felt like shit and stressed out the next day. And then, you know, was obviously brought back to life the next game. Cause that was amazing. I'm, I, I think I just had to get that out of my system. I'm not so stressed right now, but like the obvious thing, we've got to be better and we've got to be consistent. I think that's it. I think people just want to see a little bit of consistency, not just consistency in the results, but like just consistency in the effort level, I, th I think is a big thing. Like, if you go out there and you lose a game 4-2, but you were crashing and banging and you hit a couple of goalposts as well, I think this fan base is largely pretty forgiving. And at least you can walk away from the game going, ah, we almost had it. When you lay an egg like yeah. you did on Saturday, that's just, it's borderline inexcusable. Yeah. I don't know about I, forgiving. I, I did a poll on Twitter and it was like, what would you rather? And A was like, the pandemic still have no hockey or the Oilers be losing for nothing to the Habs. And like 78% of people said they would rather have no hockey than be losing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. See, my problem with it is, uh, we'll see after tonight, because I just don't want what I fear could happen in a season like this, where there's a lot of games back to like very one day off all this, is that every second game they come out 
on fire, and then every other second game they straight up lay an egg. And that's what I'm kind of worried about. And so we'll see tonight if they and, – and, like, so we all hope they're going to come out on fire tonight. So then I guess, really, game five is going to be the one where I can start to, like, ease that thought. Because right now it's, like, it's no good if you play every second game. You know, that's not going to do it. And I didn't think they were going to have such a you – know, like, lay such an egg on Saturday, and they did, and it sucked to watch. So. Well, it's – yeah, they laid an egg. Like, you also had Montreal, who played Toronto, deserved to win that game was pissed they came in took that out on us but like it would have been nice to see the Oilers that played on Thursday play that team on Saturday to see how that how the how we match up because like you have to give credit to Montreal they were they they were bringing it like that Josh Anderson line was insane and Carey Price we did have a lot of good scoring chances and Carey Price stood on his head but like we need to be better the moment that flipped that game for me, they were down three nothing. Drysaitel across to Nugent Hopkins on the power play. He just kind of whiffed on it. Like he, he had yeah. a really good chance to score. You blink, and Jake Evans is going down and scores shorthanded. Like it happened that quick. Um, and, and if that goes in, I wonder, you know, three one. If that game is a little bit different, but I mean, that's hockey, man. If you don't get the bounce, like it's not like they give you credit for it. I had kind of a busy weekend, and I didn't look del- like d- d- deep into this kind of thing with football and all that, but um, can somebody explain this to, to me and all the other people that don't know this, but why did we go Koskinen in three games in a row? What's going on? Are we going to play Smith? Like what's going on with our goal? Mike, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Smith on LTIR. I don't even know what that means. He's on long-term injured reserve. They're recalling a goalie. Chalmers, listen to this. This is the situation. They're trying to recall a goalie from Austria, right? There's like third or fourth string. Olivier Rodrigue. If you say so. And things are so complicated that they literally put an open call out for goalies. And Ken Holland called Jimmy Howard, who was on the verge of retiring. He was like, come on, Jimmy, just do like an emergency thing. And Jimmy Howard told him no. <laughs> he forced reti- oh the retirement yeah. announcement out of him. <laughs> they, <essentially>. The Oilers' <laughs> like, defense is so bad, Jimmy Howard would rather retire than mm-hmm. come play here. It's like, I have a legacy to think about. And then refused. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, why so, are we not playing Mike Smith? He's, he's on the LTI. Well, no, my thing. Yeah, my thing. I, I kind of focused a lot on football this weekend. Plus, we were away. We went skiing. Um, but I so I don't. I didn't. I didn't know that. But if that was everywhere, then I apologize for that. But hey, hey a couple days later. What late, do you more think about uh, the news? Not a good thing. What do you think yeah. about the news? Huey Lewis How in the news. People, yeah, Huey Lewis in the news. What news? Well, what do you think about the news about why Mike Smith can't play in the goalie situation? How's that grab you? Well, I just don't even. Why is he on it? Like, what happened to him? Like, just no one knows. He was on Wait. the bench for this for the season opener, and yeah. then by the second game, like fifteen hours after he sat on the bench for the season opener, they were calling up Stuart Skinner on an emergency basis, and then like the next day, Smith's on LTIR, and they have no third goalie right now because Carolina fucked around and took Forsberg off waivers, which at the time seemed like a nothing move. But now you're sitting there being like, holy shit, we need Anton Forsberg really bad. And the guy they claimed off waivers from LA, Troy Grosnick, he drove up here. But then there was the talk that the Oilers might get uh, Aaron Dell off waivers from Toronto. So Gregor, I think, said on his show today that Grosnick stopped at the border in Montana and waited to see if the Oilers what? would claim Dell. And then oh, when he heard that they so didn't claim Dell, he crossed the border. Oh, wild. And then you're, and then there's uh, the whole, because um, the, Dell went to Jersey, the whole domino effect that can unlock 
Josh, uh, Josh Park, my, uh, my fellow co-host on the pregame, pregame show. Don't know if you know about it. Smash it. Um, if you are looking for something that's entertaining, but he was walking me through the process of Dell goes to New Jersey. That means they're probably going to wave Eric Comrie. Eric Comrie then probably Winnipeg will probably reclaim Eric Comrie to get him back, which means Anton Forsberg could then go back out on, on waivers, which means the Oilers could then get back Anton Forsberg. They should get Eric Comrie, bring the hometown boy home. I'd he would be in some Austrian thing. fuck. Is this the most confusing thing that's happened in a situation like this in Oilers history? Or what? I don't get it. It's so and, – and it literally is because Carolina took Forsberg. If Carolina just wouldn't have touched Forsberg, we wouldn't have had any of this mess. But they only took Forsberg because they wanted the insurance policy because they wanted to get Nedeljkovic through waivers. Like, just a shit show. Just, in general, a massive shit show. I'm just yeah. – I'm still confused why people have – I know why, but, like, it doesn't make sense why you have to clear waivers to go to the taxi squad. Yeah, that one, like the, that's where the NHL messed up in my opinion. And it's hindsight 2020. And it's only a story for us because we followed the Oilers, but the NHL should have given every team an exempt third goalie from waivers and just said, listen, in this year, you need the third guy. Now, granted, yeah. a lot of teams have found a way to make it work, but I, I kind of think the NHL dropped the ball. And now you have goalies who are traveling all around the continent because they keep getting claimed on waivers. Um, sidebar, if Eric Comrie were to be claimed by the Oilers, I believe yeah. he would be the third son third of Bill Com- Comrie. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you can, have, Comrie. you can have an E Comrie, an M Comrie, and a P Comrie jersey. Woo! Yep. Dynasty. He's a half brother of Mike Comrie, for uh, those of you who are wondering. Um, clearly, the, the NHL half. half. Yeah, the NHL half. Uh, so, yeah, the goaltending situation is far from figured out, although some people like Low Tide are very high on Troy Grosnick. Um, who has really good AHL numbers, but only two career NHL games. Uh, and But his NHL stats are elite. Oh, yeah. His NHL numbers are insane. He played two games and was like fucking unreal and then never played again. Yeah. So, yeah, good. I, I'm willing to make that bet. Uh, for me, back on the goaltending, I can't believe they didn't yank Koskinen. You know you're going to have to. I, I ranted about this in my pregame podcast today. Um, you know you're going to have to lean on him heavily. I'm worried about him being burnt out. Why wouldn't you just pull him out for the third period against the Habs when you know you're losing and at least see what you have in Stuart Skinner? Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. you have nothing to lose. Exactly. And you're just, you know, all you're doing by leaving him in net is just, you know, really affecting his, his already shattered confidence. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Oilers start with our friend Harner Ryan Singh in a few minutes here when he eventually, uh, when he joins us here on the podcast, he's gotten to do a couple of Oilers games. Um, he's also gotten to, uh, or sorry, Jack Michaels also made his TV Oilers TV debut. Um, anyone got a take on that? How was Jack for the Oilers game? Love Jack. I love Jack too. He just like, there can be nothing going on and he still gets me fired up as if something is going on. Yeah. That's he's got great. a good voice. His voice just exudes energy. So like he, everything he's saying, good or bad, it's like it, it gets my attention. So I'm a big, big Jack guy. Jack and Louie, hell of a tandem. Uh, Harner Ryan and Louie, great tandem as well. And I'm really excited to talk to Harner Ryan. Like he did over 700 Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi edition games. That was his first nationally televised English broadcast. So I'd love to know like, you know, what, what's different for him between the two? And also, he's at the rink on top of that, which is cool. He was smooth. Yeah. He did a very, very good job. You'd never know it was his first game announcing in English. Oh, Yamamoto so goal call like, was great. 
great oh yeah it's so good yeah there's and there's there's gonna be many more coming for sure like yeah. i feel like he's like part of the crew because he's been on the show and now that he like he was already on the big stage but like it's just his star is growing and i'm just like sitting here and i'll feel like i'm like i'm proud of this guy like he's yep. really doing it 100 percent. we uh we have a good run of guests coming up here on the next few shows on thursday we're gonna talk to speaking of mike smith the artist who painted his mask and one i'd like to know like I have so many questions when it comes to guys who paint goalie masks for a living, but like how much is it like a, a back and forth between the artist and the goalie? Like, is he going every. Get, and did you get paid in full? Why uh, wouldn't he get paid in full? Because if he didn't get paid for this helmet, it might not be in use this year. Oh, maybe, maybe we might not get paid for that bad boy. No yeah, like, shit. Mike Smith says, I'll pay you per game. I wear it. And the artist is like, that's a great deal. And then it's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's what? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it looks like next Monday we might have a former Oiler on the pod as well. I think it's confirmed, but I don't want to jinx it. So I'm just not going to plug it. who it is. Yeah, I'm not going to jinx it yet. Um, but we have an exciting little week coming up here. Uh, before we get to Harner Ryan, just quickly for the game tonight, Jake Allen's going to go between the pipes for the Canadians. He's had the Oilers number. In his last five games, he has a 944 save percentage. Uh, but it's always fun because a lot of people, I think, will be listening to this podcast after the Oilers game tonight. Let's do score predictions because I like when we can like make our case for what the score is going to be. We do this on Oilers Nation Radio once in a while, and then people get to listen to this after the game, and now they're going to be like, you know. Yeah. So uh, let's start. Wanya, what do you think? Score prediction tonight? Let me go second. Okay, you're going to go second. I'll go first. I will say I don't the know Oilers. If there's any lineup implications? That's my one question. I don't know about is anybody out or anything for tonight. Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones are healthy scratches. So is Tyler Ennis. And on the opposition, uh, Jake Allen in for Price. I think is the only one. I think the Oilers could get to them. I think the Oilers kind of thing this year is that they're going to bounce back really well. They're going to have a lot yeah. of bad games, but they'll always bounce back really well. So I think McDavid gets a pair of points at least. Drysaddle gets his first goal of the year. Edmonton wins this one 5-2. McDavid's mad. So, you know, yep. you know, you know, we have a good chance of winning tonight. Uh, I'll jump in next because I'm talking. Uh, I feel like because of what Tippett's doing, there's going to be a big focus on defense. Uh, so I think it's just you know, this is one of those ones, especially at six and a half, I'd bet the under all day on this, um, where I think it's going to be, my prediction is three, two. Whoa, tight one. Regulation or OT? Uh, as much as I want OT for the entertainment, but we can't have three-point games. Two points. I am trying to manifest a regulation win. Fair enough. Bag milk? I don't know, man. I'm nervous about this one. It's not that I don't think that they can't bounce back because with Connor, Leon, and Nuge, those those three are already producing, which is great. But fuck, they played really badly on Saturday. Like yeah. it was shockingly poor. And I thought that Montreal hadn't played since Wednesday. Maybe the extra at bat would help the Oilers get through that. And uh, the eternal homer and me is going for two others. Ooh, good Fair man. Enough. Wanye or Chalmers? Chalmers, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be the contrarian contrary here. <clears throat> I think they're going to beat us again. I think it's going to be 4-2. Oof. Wow. Wow. Oh. I think you might, did you, you think of this as Habs radio, Chalmers? Are you on Habs radio in your mind? Where that hey, type of talk do, is let appropriate? Do let me do this. What I want to happen, 4-1 Oilers. What I think is oh, going to happen nice. with, my, with my head, 4-2 Canadians. Now I can't be wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Wanya, what are you six, thinking? 6-3 Oilers. 
I love it. Le- Leon with a hat trick. Whew. Yeah. Spicy. He's mad, man. You can't, you're not going to rub the Oilers face in a down game. Like you said, they're always going to bounce back this year. They're going to do well. Everybody needs to calm the fuck down. That I, I think everybody needs yeah. to calm the fuck down, but like, there are definitely concerns. I find it interesting that Ethan Bear's coming out after one tough game, like a little bit of tough love from old Tip there. I here's That's where I'm going with that. I I can see both sides. Like I do agree, it's very quick to pull the trigger on a healthy scratching, but that might have been the worst game of Ethan Bear's NHL career. It, it's up there if it's not. Like he was not good, and he scratched Chris Russell three games already this year. And I think what he's kind of the message he's trying to get to that decor is you cannot take a night off. Right. I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Who doesn't want to pull trigger on a healthy scratching? What? Oh. I don't I get the joke. Land. I did not. No, I no, did no. not land. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> you said pull trigger on a healthy scratch, and who doesn't? You did a look around. You, you, you feel like you got a healthy opportunity to go for it, and you scratch. Are we talking about your butt or your? Your dick, or what are we Whoa. anything? Anything dick on this podcast? Hey, Remtech, do Any, something. Hit your button with the big brother noise. The markers, the markers, anything that goes inside your nutsack underwear. Cotton Eye Joe, quick, Tyler, go. I'm very quick to the con. <laughs> that one is always there on every screen I have. Cotton Eye Joe. If you put that, I put that through my is this funny filter, and I said it came over the green chat mark. I it's said broken. it. <laughs> No, oh, you gotta play your cards, man. Shit. And then there's over explain it. Actually, I come from the school that if you have to over explain your joke, it's actually funnier. Okay. You don't need to have us laugh at the joke for it to be funny. Someone's laughing. Jay, you set me up beautifully for a twig and berries ad. Yes, you're um, welcome. Scratching whatever is inside your nutsack underwear. Our friends at twigandberries.ca. They have some great products. They're a great local company. They also have the Getting Lucky threesome, which I've talked about a lot. It's 50 bucks on their website. Red pair of underwear, red long sleeve shirt, nice pair of socks with some lips on it. That is how you get it going on Valentine's Day with the Getting Lucky threesome package from Twig and Berries. Use the promo code NATION15 for 15% off. And uh, yeah, twigandberries.ca. This has been an interesting podcast so far. I've enjoyed it though. It's been hilarious. Um, Wanya, where are you going? Pacing back and forth. Fair enough. Wanya Jr. is on his way over. And because this podcast was supposed to be earlier, it's a drive-by. So I have to emerge from Wanya Manor, hand off of the little football, and then start running back in. That's fair. So I just got to, but I'm also pacing to burn off energy because I don't know if you heard COVID 19, don't leave your house at all. It's good. It's good. Pacing like a death row inmate in here, for fuck's sakes. Anyways, uh, the Ethan Bear thing before we got sidetracked. Um, anyone else got a Jay? You got a problem with the Ethan Bear scratching? Uh, <laughs> scratching. Um, you know what? Tip's trying to get a reaction, and I think I think I'm okay with it because um, it's early on in the season, and you know we're not the D hasn't been where we needed to be. So you know if this shakes things up and gets the reaction we want, I am all for it. The defense is Jimmy Howard retiring bad right now. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Think yeah. about that Everyone's as a gotta, score. Yeah. Everyone's got to play more consistent. Uh, I love Ethan Bear and can't wait for him to be fired up and back in the lineup. And hopefully this is was was a good move. Um, but, yeah, I, I can I can live with it today. Maybe not I think tomorrow. If it helps, 
I think if it helps what you said with like you can't take a night off in this condensed season where every game means so much. If that's the t- message he has to send, then that's the message he has to send because you cannot yeah. yep. take a night off. Or we will yep. be doing this one step forward, one step back routine all season, and that's not going to be good enough. I thought it was interesting that Ethan Bear got healthy scratch, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, this is a young yeah. player. He's got, I don't know how many career games under his belt, less than 100, I would imagine. And, you know, it's bound to happen. He's bound to fuck things up. And I bet when he gets back in against Toronto on Wednesday, he's going to be much better. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think Ethan bear is the one where whether you win or lose tonight, he's back in against Toronto. If they come out tonight and win the game four one, I don't know if Caleb Jones necessarily gets his spot back right away. I think there's enough competition on that left side of the blue line, especially when you factor in Slater cuckoo, who can play both sides. Like Caleb Jones, Ethan bear had one bad game. Caleb Jones has had three games where he has not been particularly good to me. Can we talk about Caleb Jones getting pointed off the ice by Connor McDavid against that Vancouver was so on the funny. power play? That what was happened? Crazy. What happened? What happened? So Caleb Jones was out there on the power play, just probably just coincidence. It just ended he, a four on four just ended. Okay. Oh, so he was walking the blue line towards the middle, thinking he was going to take a pass from Connor, maybe get a shot on net, something, whatever. And then Connor just pointed at the bench and went, go. So that Nuge could come. Connor back. had Connor had the puck too. Had the puck oh. on the wall. Close to the wow. bench. He's stick handling the puck. He looks at Caleb Jones. He points him off to the bench. Stick handles until Nuge gets on, and then he, <laughs> and then proceeds to make a play. And captain, you're a captain, man. Wow. Yeah. I uh. Oh man, I don't mind that at all. I just I don't <laughs> mind it either. I loved it. Yeah. You're the captain. That's your power play. If you're Connor McDavid, if you don't want Caleb Jones out there getting ready to take a one timer. Caleb Jones ain't going to be out there taking a one. I, I like that Caleb Jones had the wherewithal to understand what Connor was saying and get yeah. off the ice. Well, because at first in that situation, because at first, like you said, bag milk Jones opened up for a one timer. Like he started skating backwards towards yeah, the middle of the ice. The he was like, he was like, this is my chance. He's like, ah, shit. <laughs> it's you, me, and Connor, line, you and me up. until the end. Get the fuck off the ice. Yes, sir. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. I, I don't know. Like, when Connor, I, it's just, it's Connor's team and it's nice to see him developing to a spot where he will literally send someone off the ice. Yeah. Um, I also really like that the Oilers stopped wearing those weird Navy blue jerseys. I like that. Whoa, they went back to the oranges. The jerseys aren't weird. Those are probably the best street Jersey we've ever made. They're so slick when you see them in person, they're yeah. just, they just don't translate well on TV because they don't, when the, when they're moving around, it gets confusing. Yeah. So, All right. but the Jersey itself is tight. I'll defend the Jersey. Harner Ryan Singh is uh, ready to go here. So let's get to our guest here uh, today on the Real Life Podcast. Joined on the Real Life Podcast now by Harner Ryan Singh, NHL on Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, and Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi edition. Uh, over 700 games, right, for Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi? And That's right. Now you got one on the English, or two on the English side under your belt. Uh, let's go back to game one, though. What was it like making your debut, man? Hockey Night in Canada, NHL season opener? Yeah, it was pretty special, to be honest with you. Such a thrill, such a significant uh, moment, a game changer career-wise fam- for my family, for uh, my colleagues at Hockey Night Punjabi, for the entire community, to be honest with you. This was, uh, it was really special, such a thrill, and it was a long time coming. I had been hoping and praying for this day for a long, long time. Man, you got the book, you got your Hockey Night in Canada English debut. It's been uh, quite a wild few months for you. Yeah, it has been lots to be grateful for. You know, um, it is it is a pretty unreal time. You know, to be honest with you, I I couldn't have 
uh, predicted this and then, yeah, the impact of the book. And then just, just, uh, like, to be honest with you, when I, uh, when I was told that I was getting some games on the English side, uh, for play by play, which is different. I had been doing the host role for the last four seasons uh, every so often. Um, and so for play by play, when they told me I was speechless, I was stunned and I was stoked. Like those are the three <laughs> words that came to mind. Cause it was just like, I, I haven't been this excited, uh, probably since, uh, I had my last kid, which uh, is the safe thing to say, right. When you're a married <laughs> man, and you get <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the last time we spoke, we went through the come up and getting to this point. It's a long way from having to pay your own airfare and sleeping in airports, isn't it? It definitely is. And it's a, you know, it's a very different situation to be in. Um, you know, I think that's why, uh, moments like this, uh, I'm probably more grateful and thankful than the average guy in this position, because it's just been, it's been a crazy journey. It's been, um, you know, it's a different route, uh, a different path to get to this way. And uh, thankfully, you know, the the people in power at Sportsnet have appreciated that, that it isn't the, the, the normal journey to get up to this stage. But, you know, there's a lot of people um, out there who would love to be in this position that I'm in right now. So I, I'm really grateful. I know that first game was not perfect by any means. Um, a lot Says of you. For, <laughs> well, a lot of room for improvement. Um, but, you know, I, I think as I get some more games under my belt, I'll start to get more comfortable. To be honest with you, um, like it is, it is, uh, it is something I've done. I'm really, I'm comfortable in this role. I love it. And, uh, but it is a completely different language as well. Right. So it, I, I had to get my feet wet. And so I, I could tell even just in, in that Habs Oilers game, that was an absolute disaster for Edmonton. But for me, I, I did feel a lot more comfortable, uh, on the call for sure. Is it like a flow thing and a rhythm thing when you, when you change languages like that? Like, is that kind of the hardest thing to get down? Like, what are some of the challenges jumping from Punjabi to English? The challenges would just be um, your brain is playing this game where, you know, sometimes you want to say something that it comes to mind, but you might actually think it in the other language, right? And that that is something that though we as bilingual people, we we deal with that and we do that on a daily basis. Like, you know, I'm talking with you guys, I'm talking straight up English. If I talk with my parents or other people in the community, we can switch it up. But the other thing is, is that um, like a lot of people in my friend circle um, within the Punjabi community, we we speak kind of Punglish or uh, I don't, you know, a mix of yeah. Punjabi and English and you end up throwing words in into a sentence from both languages. Right. And um, so, you know, I have to be a little con uh, conscious of that. And so that's probably the biggest battle, but it was a little bit of a, you know, in that first game, I was probably curious to uh, how, how I would uh, maneuver that and manage that. But then once I realized, okay, yeah, this is uh we can do this. And then, then by game two, it was like, I was, I was so in the zone at times. And I was so like into it that I was like, you know, not purposely, but ignoring what my producer was saying in my ear. And I was like, I was just so into it. I was loving it. It was, it was a, it was a blast. How, how satisfying I got to ask the personal question though. How satisfying was it for you that your first game on the English side was an Oilers game? You grew up as an Oilers fan. That must've been huge for you. <laughs> It was pretty cool uh, for sure. But, you know, since then I've covered the Flames a lot. I've covered the Canucks a lot and the Leafs a lot. I would say 
those four teams. Um, we've I've called a lot of games for them, and then even for for Calgary, I do a segment for them called Flames TV yeah. Punjabi. So it, it's it's uh, it is special. You know what the the biggest thing was? It was opening night. It was uh, and it was obviously it's going to be an all Canadian game with it being an all Canadian division this season. Uh, but there's so much intrigue. There's so much. Um, I mean, there was so much just we haven't had hockey uh, for so long now during a time frame in the calendar year when we're so used to it. We're in the thick of things. We would be getting ready for the all-star break right now, right? And it was yeah. season opener. And to be able to, you know, have the confidence of management to give me that and and to uh, to throw me in there, that was, that was really special. I think having it be the season opener is something I won't ever forget. A season opener, unlike any other as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, the Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi edition, you guys did a lot of that from the studio, right? That's right. And so, uh, and those are just, those are during the regular season, it's Saturday nights. Yeah, so for you being at the rink calling an NHL game, not just at a rink, in an empty arena calling the game, what was that experience like? Yeah, we've had the good fortune of doing a few uh, games in the arena and then, you know, a lot in the studio too. And um, it was different in the sense that, uh, okay, so let me, let me give you some background. I was in, I was really fortunate to be in Edmonton and Rogers place, um, during the playoffs. Right. And I was there in a host capacity and Chris Cuthbert and Louis DeBrusque did an absolutely fantastic job calling those games. And, um, I got used to that atmosphere and I got used to them pumping a lot of crowd noise into the arena. Yeah. And then what I didn't, plan for didn't even think about was during that regular season season opener there wasn't actually much crowd noise in the arena and in in like later on when i reflected back on my call i was trying to figure out i was like normally i am very energetic and it was like i was trying to figure out okay analyze like what was that scenario like and and so it kind of made sense that yeah regular season game is more quiet definitely than a playoff game right and so I missed the fans is what I would say. Uh, I really felt it as a play-by-play commentator. I would say I felt it a lot more than I did in, in any of those other roles of just watching a game or even the host role. You really feed off the energy of the crowd uh, that's in the arena. And so that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed the most there in on day one of the season. For me, the fake crowd noise, it I laugh so many times at the rink because it pops up at like weird moments sometimes. <laughs> like you'll be sitting there and a shot will hit the post and it'll like go into the corner. Someone will pick it up and then you'll hear like, whoa. And you're like, what? That was like way too delayed. Um, they but got then, into a rhythm in the playoffs. Like I yeah. was I was getting impressed. Uh, like it was uh, later on in the playoffs, it started to get better and better. But this is, you know, day one. I think all of us, even as broadcasters, even as players, like there was no preseason. Yeah. We got right into it. We have rust just as much as, you know, any players. And then you have so many people working behind the scenes too. So I did notice that a little bit, but let, let's give, uh, let's give everybody, including yeah, yeah. myself, some games here to get warmed <laughs> up. Uh, also a big shout out to Johnny infamous, the DJ at the Oilers games. Cause he plays some great music inside <laughs> that barn, uh, working with Louis DeBrusque as your color guy. What's that been like? Louis just seems like an absolute beauty. Yeah, I couldn't have asked for anyone better to work with for my first two games on this. He is so easygoing, but he is also such a professional and he is like he knows his stuff inside and out. But the best part is 
you can kind of throw anything at him and you don't necessarily have to plan it. You know, he's going to be able to carry it, right? Like whether it's banter or topics or whatever happens in the game, or let's say if I needed, um, you know, I needed him to jump in. I was like, you know, drawing a blank or anything like he's the perfect guy for that. And he's just, he's always been so supportive. Um, and I've gotten to know him over the past four years when I've done the host role and uh, just such a great guy. He is, um, uh, we, we share a common, uh, uh, you know, we, we love cereal, both him and I, and we bonded over that and having cereal as our nighttime snack. And, um, and, and he, my mom makes this, uh, I use it in the Punjabi goal calls it's visin and it's like a, a homemade kind of fudge and it's made of chickpea flour and other ingredients. And, um, you have it with coffee or tea. And so on a happy occasion, like the playoffs or, uh, you know, the opportunity I got then, or like in this week, I, uh, my mom made some and, you know, I handed out the sweets to Louis DeBrusque and uh, a couple of the others to Tony Brar as well. And, and Louis loves that stuff. It, it, a great story to tell you. He, uh, yeah, I, in the playoffs, I had my little container and I, I went uh, to do an intermission interview and I come back and all I see is crumbs and I'm looking around and I'm like, where? And then Louis, Louis looks over and he's shaking his head. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> he's awesome. Hey. Really, truly one of the best in the industry. That's so good. You always leave the lid on, eh? If Louis around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little hockey right now. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, one and two to start the year. Uh, inconsistent, I, th- I think might be a good way to describe it. What have you seen or maybe what have you not seen that you'd like to see from the Oilers through three games of their season? Yeah, it's one of those things where they just, uh, you know, it's it's almost like that first game against each team. I wonder if it's going to be like that. And then they go back and make the adjustments and then they're able to to, to get it going. We saw that against Vancouver. It was, it's like Jekyll and Hyde, right? It's It's just a completely different um, response in game two after a loss. And, uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out because the regular season is going to be like a playoff series. And I think we're, I don't, I don't imagine very many teams going on long streaks if, if at all this season, because you're going to see those adjustments made on, especially on special teams, uh, where, you know, if one team has a great game on the penalty kill, the, the coaching staff and the players are going to make those adjustments and you'll, it'll probably be the opposite the next game. Um, it is, uh, there, you know, I felt in that Montreal one, it was a lot, there was a lot more pressure on Koskinen and in, in comparison to the, the first two games, even though Koskinen played so well, uh, 38 saves in the second one against Vancouver, Montreal just made a move around a lot. And, um, yeah, he's going to get tired out if he's going to tire out if uh, if they can't figure out the goaltending situation soon here, because Montreal, I would I, you got you got to give credit where credit's due. Like they look really yeah, good. They do. I, I probably wasn't as high on them as I should have been at the beginning of the year. But I like think even, a lot of people are saying that like Josh well, Anderson, for the, record, man. for the record, I was very high on, on Montreal. Okay. Way to go, Jay. Check Way the stats. <laughs> Still uh, but, I got Josh Anderson, like, holy smokes, man, that guy, I watched him a little bit in Columbus, but he was inconsistent in Columbus. If he can consistently do what he's done through two games here. Yeah. That Habs team is going to be frightening in the regular season and they'll be scary in the playoffs too. Well, just look how deep they are yeah. uh, at forward and on defense. And uh, I mean, you've got guys like uh, Lekkinen and um, Armia on the third line and it's just, 
they can all play and they're all, they're all, you know, they're consistent in the sense, you know, what you're going to get from them in every single situation and every single game. And then the young guys like Suzuki and caught Kenyami, they took a step last year. I think they gained a lot of confidence. Philip Dano is underrated uh, in, in, you know, um, you know he was, he was even talking about his own role last season too, that he was, he was wanting this. He was wanting to get, those matchups against the other team's top line, top lines and stuff. And, and he was concerned about his role, but I think, uh, I think it's a great fit. Look at the Tyler Toffoli's on uh, there as well. And, and, you know, he's kind of lost in the shuffle in the sense that they have so many other guys who can score as well. And then the size they brought in um, Joel Edmondson and Sherratt's been there for a season too, but to add to Weber and Petrie, it's, it's just, it looks like, and then of course, Jake Allen, I mean, they probably have the best one, two tandem in the Canadian division and Carey price looks dialed in as uh, more than ever before in the sense that he probably feels great too, that they have a better team in front of them, right. A better yeah. defense. So yeah, they look pretty damn good to, to be honest mm, with you. Scary. You and mentioned, uh, you mentioned the lack of preseason, Hart and Ryan, and how, you know, normally guys work out the kinks over those handful of games. Obviously, there's not that luxury this year. How real do you think the results are in these opening weeks of the NHL season, seeing as, you know, games can go one way or the other based on mistakes that generally don't get made later on in the year? I would say that in my opinion, it really, um, that's why we've seen some more high scoring games. Uh, and that happens to start at kind of every season, but this season is probably, we're going to see that even more because of the fact that we didn't have preseason games. I still think the results are fairly, fairly consistent with what the teams are. Um, but you know, it's those, it's those adjustments in these mini series that, that are really going to, and it's also the role of the backup. I'm sure you guys have talked about it too. Like the role of the backup is so much more significant than ever before. And, and the Oilers are in a, a really big predicament. I know there was, um, I know Toronto kept Aaron Dell on in their lineup on the roster for a long time. And they had to put him on waivers now with Robertson hurt, but it would have been a strategy that the Oilers, you know, maybe should have considered more strongly to keep Forsberg on there, especially given Mike Smith's 38 and there's, there has been injury history and, and, uh, but boy, that, that is a big predicament, even though there isn't another back-to-back uh, for a few days still, but it's, it's a big workload for Koskinen. And that's what mm-hmm. happened prior, uh, you know, when he was tired, when they played him a little too much earlier in his career. I think one of the things we need to focus on is trying to make his life a little bit easier, given yeah. the extensive workload that he has. And like, we are giving up some, outside of the second game, some crazy high danger quality chances. And, uh, you know, as much as I want Costin to make a, a save on a, a couple of those and that could help things. But like the reality is like a lot of those things are avoidable if we're playing hockey in front of them. He's faced yeah. the most shots in the NHL and the most high danger shots against in the NHL already only three games in. And there you go. And, and then that's where you wonder maybe Chris Russell make his way into the, yeah. I know a lot of people aren't necessarily 
all uh, fans, but in terms of blocked shots, that's a way to help your goalie. And he's been, mm-hmm. you know, one of the better guys at that in the entire league, not, not, not just the Oilers. And Clefbaum was also like, if you think about it, Clefbaum was blocking a ton of shots too. If I'm not mistaken last oh, yeah. year, he, he led yep. the team. And so you take out Clefbaum because he's hurt and then Russell goes out and that's a lot of blocked shots. Obviously the other guys do that too, but the Jones Larson pairing, Probably, you know, there's going to be a lot of focus on them. Um, you know, Barry and Cuckoo, they, they're just getting their feet wet. And I, but I think that they do have potential. And then look at the pressure on the other guys, right? Like I, without Clefbaum there, there's a lot of pressure on Nurse and Bear. And uh, Bear's still young. I mean, he had a great season last year, but it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where the expectations are so high on defensemen and it takes them a little bit longer to, mature and be, become consistent and we I know Oilers fans have seen that so much with you just look at uh, Jeff Petrie right and how good he's become and and you know he wasn't that player with the Oilers but you know a little more patience would have would have done the team well and the fan base well with guys like him so uh, there is a it, it, it doesn't uh, you know when you look at obviously Ken Holland did make adjustments and made the team more deep than before. But when you compare it to some of the other rosters out there, I think there is a little bit of work to do. And you're right, Jay, they got to, they got to clean it up defensively. Uh, Looking around the the North division, I think it's going to be exciting as teams start to build a little bit of animosity as games go on and on. Looking around the division, is there a team that kind of excites you a little bit by the way they're starting off or the way they play or even the way they're set up to play? Yeah, you know, it's I'm I'm curious about Toronto. I know they made a lot of changes to become, you know, more tough and bringing in Simmons and then uh, Thornton. I, you know, they the the Maple Leafs and the Oilers were the better teams uh, last time around, but I think a lot of people have. Um, I don't think Vancouver has taken as much of a step back as people have really. Um, made that out to be. I mean, okay, so you lose Markstrom, you lose Tanov, you lose Levo and Toffoli, but Nate Schmidt is a really good defenseman. I've always yeah. liked how he played. I And Braden Holpe, there were some question marks. He looks fantastic, to be honest with you, to, to begin the season. I think he's got something to prove. He's closer to home. Like, there's a lot of incentive for him. And, and Demko, um, yeah, he's a, you know, he was dazzling in the playoffs. There's no, I don't, and the way he is, like, even when I had the chance to interview him and stuff, he's so even keel. I read a lot about him and this guy has like studied psychology and the way he prepares himself and everything. And, you know, there was that joke in the playoffs too. when uh, I think it was Quinn Hughes who said that he goes to sleep early and eats well on, and all that kind of stuff like that explains Demko. I'm not worried about Demko at all. And then if you look at the way the Canucks are set up, like l- look at Hoaglander and, um, and look at uh, Hughes and then you look at Besser. I think Besser is, uh, he's done a lot of work in the off season. I think the Canucks are still strong despite losing the guys that they did. So that was one thought we've talked about Montreal. I think they're, they're a lot stronger, as you mentioned, uh, Tyler too, that, you know, a lot of us should have had them higher on the list. I know Brian Burke in our circle at Sportsnet has them to win the division too. So I would say, you know, Montreal and Vancouver provide that intrigue for me. Um, that I think that, you know, that it might not be what everybody was thinking in terms of doomsday for, for Vancouver, especially. 
Last area I wanted to touch on with you in the Oilers Canucks game, the first game, there wasn't really a lot of animosity in that one until the end when McDavid laid out Quinn Hughes and you could tell he got a lot of F-bombs thrown at him as he was skating back to the bench. And then in the first Habs Oilers game, you know, it, it wasn't insane by any means. I'd be interested to see what we're going to get tonight from animosity and going forward. Do you think like, you know, the first meeting between these teams might be tame, but like by game eight or nine might be like, we could get some not brawls, but games that get a little bit out of hand, like they could get spicy here. Yeah. Just like it would in the playoff series. Uh, but then I would, what I would be interested and curious to know is so on uh, Saturday, the Oilers didn't have Cassian in their lineup and it, and it felt like they missed him. Like, I don't know who on their team. I know nurse can drop the mitts and, and I'm not advocating for fighting necessarily, but it's, it's kind of like, you got to have those types of players who can, who can mix it up as well. And, and so that's something that, um, you know, you mentioned that first game between on Wednesday night, the season opener, it was, it was like a weird pace to even begin with. There was a lot of icing calls. It didn't seem like it had much flow. Uh, but I, I think as the season goes on and then once these teams uh, develop a history with one another, yeah, you're going to see a lot more fireworks, uh, but the role of, uh, those kind of sandpaper players, that's going to increase a lot too. And um, there's certain teams out there that have a lot more sandpaper than others right now. That's for sure. Harner Ryan, man, as always, we appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you on some more Oilers broadcasts this year. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate yeah. it. All right, there we go. There's Harner Ryan Singh, NHL on Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada, Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi edition. He'll be back on the air Saturday. Jets and Flames is his next one. He, not quite sure when he's getting another Oilers game, but I think we'll see him a lot this season. Uh, good stuff from Harn Ryan. Good analyst, too. Like, he just generally can, can break down all these Canadian teams well. Oh, yeah. Like, like perfectly. Like, he, <laughs> he's just ripping player, uh, players off from each team. Like, ain't no thing. But, like, you know, th- those are the skills you need to be at that. And he's at the, he's oh, yeah. at the highest level. So, he's bringing it. Very, very proud of that guy. I, um, I, and just self-aware too like he goes hey man first game against vancouver i didn't bring it he said i didn't have it second game he felt more comfortable and uh yeah i, th- I thought he's had a couple of great calls for the oilers though oh yeah i, th- I thought the first game was fine so it's always, uh it's always interesting to hear kind of the the inside scoop like the the story behind yeah. the the scenes there saying he had the nerves and you know how he was fact checking himself in terms of like how he sounded and what he needed to do and wh- how you know ranking that against how it was in the bubble and like identifying the things that were you know, maybe preventing him from being as energetic as he was in the playoffs and all that type of stuff. Like he's a, he's a professional and he's really doing it. And even when he's talking about the Oilers, it's just like, he knows, he knows, know. he knows. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't so glowingly positive about the Oilers. And that's, <laughs> uh, no. I know he's not wrong, but we're just talking current state. This is just the current state. This is just today. Exactly. Tonight's Hopefully they bounce story. back tonight with a big one. Uh, all right. There you go. That's uh, that's going to do it for episode 248 of the Real Life Podcast. Uh, that was a good chat. I love talking to Harmer Ryan, man. That guy, even though he wasn't like crazy high on the Oilers, I always leave in a good mood after I chat with him. Uh, just an oh, absolute yeah. beauty. He's, so, he's got a smile on his face oh, yeah. the whole time. Very positive guy. Like, geez, what's not to love? Uh, he, I, when I was texting him earlier today, he was like, this is just like an audio cast, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, good. I'm having a bad turban day now. I just won't bother fixing it. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do it. Episode 248 of the Real Life Podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. Or if you're listening to this after Monday night, enjoy the game on Wednesday. Shout out to Oodle Noodle and Twig and Berries. Don't forget 15% off with the promo code 
Nation 15. Have a good one, Oilers fans. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.